When you're the king of the swingers, it means you've reached the top and had to stop. But balancing on the top branches of an Indian forest requires considerable skill. For a monkey that spends most of his time in the forest canopy, jumping from branch to branch is just part of life. But one poorly aimed leap could mean the end of his monkeying around. But learning to adapt to a risky lifestyle is the way of the golden langur in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. If you'd like to check that out, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at LD Taxonomy or visit us at our home on the web at LDTaxonomy.com. And... A very special thank you to our patrons, Tristan Taylor, Jesse Raspolich, and Carol Raspolich. Your support is greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping us keep the lights on. And today we're talking about a curious king with a golden crown. But more on that later. Right, more on that later. I can I'm I'm in full Elden Ring mode right now. Uh, and all of it, I just, it all fits golden crowns and kings <laughs> and golden masks. And I, I just... was trying to think of an Elden Ring thing for this. An yeah, Elden thing. Gold. An Elden thing. But it, yeah, I don't know. Does anybody out there actually play Elden Ring and also oh. listen to us? I think, well, there's a lot of people that l- play Elden Ring. Yeah. So there's now, a chance. But we are talking about, we're not talking about Elden Ring. We spent last uh, hour before warming up our voices talking about Elden Ring. <laughs> um, but we're, what we're talking about today is the Geese Golden Langer. Nice. Geese Golden Langer, which is a, uh, which sounds like a, a craft beer. <laughs> Geese Golden Lager. Yeah. I'm imagining an ale, but you know. Uh but that's a long and that's a long It's probably a Hefeweizen because it's golden. You can have a golden ale, it's not a Hefeweizen. Yeah, I guess. Ales I usually think of as brown to red. There's a whole there's a whole subsection called golden ales. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess yeah. I'm looking at some. And um I think it's F- Farmer Maggot in in the Fellowship of the Ring says calls Rosie the sweet maiden of the golden ale. She is. So yes, we're talking about Gee's Golden Langer. If you don't know what that is, we'll explain it. But first, that's a long that's a long series of words. We don't want to say it every time. So instead, we're going to call it a little lion man. <laughs> I appreciate it. right back to my freshman year of college when that song was on the radio all the time. Um, and also the Simeon Sunflower. I like that. You don't like the first one? I like them both, but that one especially. <laughs> that's uh, 
that was on their EP track. That was on Mumford and Sons EP track. They started with Simeon Sunflower and then he kind of evolved into Little Lion Man <laughs> when they started cursing. Um, yeah, so do you want to taxonomize this? You want me to taxonomize this? I would this? love for you to taxonomize this. All right. It's in a kingdom you know, love, and are in. That kingdom is the one and only Animalia. The phylum is Chordata, the class Mammalia, the order Primates, primates. <laughs> which I is a, you... which is a thing that like, it, are we right when we say Atis whenever it's like that kind of thing? It's because it's primates? Latin, right? Like they didn't, they don't have Latin doesn't have uh, the silent vowels, as far as I know. So you pronounce all the vowels. It's Primates, just like it's like Formies. Anything that's that has the form formies at the end, it's p- paceriformes, not paceriforms for birds. But yes, Four the golden meats. langur is a monkey. Yeah, I did not you might know not it, have known what a langur is. <laughs> I didn't know what it was now. at first. Yeah, lemur? No, kind of close. Lemurs are primates too. Um, the suborder is Haplorhini. The family is Circopithecidae. Circopithecidae. I think. I like it. There's like, there's the pith, like Gigantopithecus. Yeah, pith helmet. Yeah, for monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Even though Gigantopithecus is an ape. Uh, The genus is Trachypithecus. Pithecus. That sounds dinosaur-like. Yeah. Uh, and the species is gay. <laughs> gay? Gay. G-A-E-E-I. Ah. Trachypithecus gay. Uh, which is probably why it's called Gee's Golden Langer. <laughs> uh but since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show, Critter Groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and the question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? What is the term of venery? What is the collective noun? We're talking about monkeys. I think it's been a while since we've covered a monkey. Um, so I don't know if you remember what the last one was, but I think I picked a different one this time. Um, okay. If you saw a group of monkeys, would you call it a... A cartload of monkeys. B, a bonanza of monkeys. C, a haberdashery of monkeys. Or D, a plot of monkeys. It's a barrel of monkeys, everyone knows. What was the last one? Plop? Plot. Plot of monkeys? Uh huh. A haberdashery? Mm hmm. Is that a hat store? Or just a reg- any kind of store? Uh, I always thought it was, I don't know. I think it's, it's in the store family. What were the first two? Cartload and Bonanza. (laughs) Uh, Haberdashery is for men's clothing and accessories. Ah, so I guess you could buy a hat. Yeah, I suppose. I'm sure there was a, there was an era where haberdasheries 
sold lots of hats. Back when they were men's clothing stores. Yes. Nowadays, we buy one set of clothing on our 18th birthday, and we wear them until they, until we're buried in them. Until they're tatters. Because but gas the men's is clothing store is called Goodwill. <laughs> Goodwill towards men. That's it. Outside That's their of. Outside of church clothes, I don't think I've bought anything that wasn't from Goodwill. Any clothes that weren't from Goodwill. I have a lot of clothes that are bought for me. Yeah, that's true. Um, so it's gifts, Goodwill, stores. and and then yes, we do go to we do whip out the checkbook and the wallet and go to you know Ross for something. I have a, a button-up shirt. I gotta go write a check to Ross. Be right back. <laughs> uh. Excuse me. This this five dollar and seventy five cent button-up T-shirt. Who do I make this out to? <laughs> Ross, Mr. Ross himself. Is it Mr. Ross? <laughs> he's the he's definitely my favorite friend, even though he's kind of the the straight man. Um. Which is ironic. I'm going to go with haberdashery. Why not? Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Eh. It's incorrect. Is it the a The answer is cartload. Wow. A cartload of money. That's almost macabre. Because it's, it's bringing <laughs> up like the Black Death in my mind. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. We all know it's a troop. Yeah, troop was when I think when we did the um... gorilla. No, we did the um... what I want to call it the gelato monkey. It's the monkey with the uh, yeah. the red heart that cheats on its spouse. Gelata, <laughs> I think it's gelata. Yeah, something like that. That yeah, that one we we did. The, it was a troop, but we haven't done a monkey in a while, so. Hmm. Um, I don't. I I keep thinking of the the Veggie Tales silly song with Larry, where he is, um, where L Larry is identifying things as either a monkey or an ape based on whether or not they have a tail. <laughs> and so he just says, if if it's not a if <laughs> if it has a tail, it's a monkey. If not, it's an ape. And then Bob is like, a kite has a tail, and Larry's like, it's a monkey. <laughs> Like, you don't have a tail. And he's like, what? Huh. <laughs> a kite has a tail. <laughs> wow. The, the peak of comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't, I cannot wait for Mason to be into Veggie Tales <laughs> instead of this, this gobbledygook he is into with, you know, numbers. I and mean, kids will colors. disappoint you in that way. Uh, he, 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 you know, who knows what they'll be into at that some, some newfangled Christian vegetable-based comedy. I mean, he's he's a little over a year and a half. When I was his age, I was two already. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> That's a thinker. Um, <laughs> Sorry, it's dad jokes. They, they, 
they don't tell you about them in the hospital room, but you 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 do come down with them, and and there's really nothing you can do but just treat it. <laughs> um, do you want to hear about what this monkey looks like? Sure. It is called the Golden Langer for a reason. To be honest, what's... it's part of the reason I chose it. Then scrambled for a major fact. Because I follow, this is what happens when you follow Joel Sartor on Instagram. He's a he's the guy that's doing like the photo arc that for National Geographic. Oh yeah, like finding all these different species and taking a picture of them. And there was a stunning photo of this monkey. And you jotted it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. Sometimes you see like a really cool animal, and you're like, that one is definitely one we're gonna do, and then. You're like, oh, it's just a, it just looks cool. Other than that, it's pretty normal. I can't, uh, I'm looking forward to the Johanna art of it. Yes, which, me too. Which the listeners are already able to watch and see. By, because they're, they're, they're following us on Facebook uh, or Instagram at LD Taxonomy or visiting us at our home on the web at LDTaxonomy.com. That, that's exactly why. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I thought that might be why. Um, so this... Gold geese golden langer, the, the simian sunflower, is um, <laughs> it's like America's sweetheart, the simian sunflower. Um, so it's a gibbon-sized and shaped monkey, so long arms, um, and uh, also like a long torso, small short legs, um, and it has a characteristic of its namesake thick golden coat of unkempt hair or fur i guess you call it um it has a uh a jet black face with bright red eyes and a luscious lion-esque mane of gold that makes that makes the monkey look like it's got its hands on one of those zap zappy science balls using too many frenzy incantations it seems Mm, mm, yeah, we just need all all the Elden Ring, <laughs> all the Elden Ring references. Uh, I was going for something that's more relatable. You know, put it in relatable terms. It's fun for the whole family. The zappy True. science balls. You know, you go to, <laughs> you go to the the museum and touch the zappy science ball, and your hair gets all frizzy. That's what this monkey looks like. Um, or it looks like a very intelligent sunflower. More intelligent than your average sunflower, for sure. Static electricity ball. Plasma globe. Yeah, plasma globe. But I I, I did type in zappy science ball. <laughs> and I got what I was looking for, so. Yeah, it, hey. so it worked. Um, <laughs> the Langer's fur actually changes color with the seasons. Uh, in the summer, its fur is like a, a much lighter white or cream. And then... Uh, After the- Labor Day. Uh, yeah, after Labor Day, that's unacceptable. Um, all of the white or cream monkeys are murdered, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the golden ones take the take the stage. The gold belly sneeches, star belly sneeches. And no, no, their 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 coat just changes colors. It gets darker and more gold as the fall and winter approach. Um, but I did say it was gibbon sized. How big is a gibbon? Good question. Welcome to, belo- to, to the beloved Measure Up segment. 
the official listener's favorite part of the show. The part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in your uh, audio of yourself saying singing or monkey noising. I think chittering still chittering, definitely works, uh, works here. Again, chattering, chittering. I think it works here more than m- most animals. Uh, the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new measure of intro this week. But two things. One, we get to hear from an animal, and Carl says to guess what it is. But first, Figured. we have another story from listen, longtime listener in front of the show, Nora. A Nora story. A Nora story. There's a there's a whole. A Nora a story. A Nora story. There's a whole people group in a Horizon Zero Dawn called the Nora, and I imagine them just getting around and telling a story around the campfire. And this is a Nora story. Yeah. Um, All right. Give it to us. Nora's not the only one who's allowed to send in stories. If you have an animal story let us hear it we'd love to but we're thankful to nora for putting the team on her back once again nice in terms of listener engagement so here we go first she says i was sure you were exaggerating uh about the the way we were re- we were reacting to the gold finch the gold the gould gouldian finch chicks and how like disturbing they are to look at. Oh. Uh, and then she says, uh, and then look- right as you're wrapping up the episode, I googled it and exclaimed, "Ugh!" out loud, boy howdy. <laughs> Is that the story? No. Here's oh, the story. Okay. Another fun story from my youth up north, the great white north. That's a uh, show. Yeah. So here she goes. Ravens are terrifying. We moved up when I was three and had a brand new baby brother. Everyone told, and we, this is the, I think this might be the famous, yeah, the famous (laughs) baby brother who, with his words and mind, moved an entire herd of moves tens of thousands of of (laughs) (laughs) with the sheer Uh, force of his toddler will. Uh, Everyone told my family to, quote, watch the baby. The ravens will carry him off to eat, which I still think was tall tales, but it terrified me. That's like the ravens. Huh? Go ahead. The ravens were huge, though, and fearless and clever. On the coldest days of winter, my city would reach negative 50 degrees Celsius or negative 58 Fahrenheit for you heathens. That's, um... It's warm. You sh- if you want, if you want to like warm up and enjoy some balmy weather, go to Mars. <laughs> like that's how <laughs> that's how cold that is. Uh, and we only got a few hours of sunlight at lunch. Um, wow, where did did we did she say where she lived last time? Is I think it, Canada, Canada, like w- like way up in the Saskatchewan's. Um, Must be way up there I in the... don't remember. But anyway, I'm pretty sure it was Canada. It's way up there in the Canada zone. But not in like the Toronto Canada zone. Toronto? What did you say? I said to, uh, 
she 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 lives in Canada. She lived in Canada, but not in the Toronto Canada, like in the Canada Canada. That's right. She said Northern Canada, not quite mid midnight sun territory, but yeah. not far off. Yeah, that's uh. Whew. All right. Yeah. So negative fifty degrees, a couple hours of sunlight. Yeah. Ravens coming to carry off her baby brother. It was cold and dark. Luckily, it's a relatively modern city, so there were automatic street lamps living large. Uh, the kind that look a, took... Oh, they look like a little loaf shape, she, she says. I think I know. I think we all know that, that kind of street lamp. With the bottom being a bulb and the top being a metal dome. Sure, yeah. There was a sensor underneath to turn on when the light was low. Some clever raven somewhere learned that if you sat on top of the bulb, the metal would heat up and keep you toasty all night. And if it's negative 50, I, that's what I would do as well. Gee, wizard. Anything to yeah. warm up. If I'm a bird. But what do you Jeez, do? Golden Langer wizard. Gee, wizard. <laughs> but uh what do you do during daylight hour she says it was still freezing cold that's when the ravens would casually stretch their wings down cover the sensor for a few seconds and wait for the light to turn back for a while turn back on for a while wow the mind of a raven oh. they'd settle uh, in again, toasty, and do it again in an hour. Do it again an hour later. Obviously, once one raven figured it out, they taught it to all their friends because these birds are terrifying. Terrifying! So you'd, th- so you'd see a street with a row of lamps and a big old raven on every lamp, like something out of a cartoon. Our driveway was down a hill from our house. The grocery store was pretty far off, so we always did real big runs at with the trunk full to bursting, we'd open the trunk, grab a few bags, trek up to the house, then come back to the for the next load. Sometimes ravens would notice first, and we'd come back to a bird on the bumper, pecking at the bread, under uh, another on the hood, a third in the trunk. <laughs> they'd they'd watch us coming, wa- waving our arms and trying to scare them, and. Wait until we were just a foot or two away before taking off. One time with a whole loaf of sandwich bread in their talons. Just stole my lunch bread. Anyway, I was legitimately terrified of these birds, and I think we should all have a healthy fear of them. Um, She also says that turning red, if turning red, listen, turning red isn't for you. You've never been a 13-year-old girl. Those of us who... Those of us who have adore it. I did watch Turning Red oh, between oh, yeah, that episode I and this episode. I said it and was fine. It. Yeah, but it's not. She, you don't adore it, and it's not for you. And I agree. I, it's not. I know there, there's the, a whole bunch of controversy around like people who say that like the movie is terrible because it only appeals to 13 year old girls because the 13 year old girl is the protagonist, and it's like. Uh, I don't. I don't have to be the protagonist of every movie to enjoy it. Um, yeah, I, it definitely has. Um, it definitely has like 
it doesn't it lacks that fa- that Pixar factor where it appeals to everyone. It's definitely more of a Disney feel where it's like this is for kids and that's okay. Just that like that that that'll be fine. I don't have to enjoy this one. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a um I'm not like an 80-year-old man and yet I like up I'm not a robot and yet I like Wally. Uh you know, it it the, I liked it when Pixar was putting a new spin on things that were ordinary and doing a really good job with it and this definitely felt very Disney Animation Studios. Yeah, I mean the worst of Pixar is like the best of other studios though. And again, Usually. I don't think it was bad. I've just like I wasn't like floored, and I haven't really been floored with very much of Pixar recently. Coco was probably the last. Oh yeah, great. I one. mean, I really liked um, Soul. I thought Soul was okay. I thought, but it, I thought his it, ending it, kind it, of fell flat. <laughs> but it like looked he's great. Yeah. Um, also, when it comes to, I responded to this. I have thoughts on Fahrenheit because she called us heathens for using Fahrenheit. <laughs> Celsius is great for cooking because it gives you a boiling point and a freezing point that is very easy to remember. But Fahrenheit is better for temperature, for like weather temperature, because the difference between a degree in in Fahrenheit means more. Like it, like it's easier to to pinpoint uh, the feeling of a degree in Fahrenheit. This is the opposite. This is the only area where it's the opposite. Usually, the metric system has very f- small units and allows you to very precisely measure things. And then the imperial system has these big, dumb units, uh, like where the smallest thing is an inch, or uh, an <laughs> ounce, or a you know, a teaspoon, and uh, and so it makes it really hard to measure things that are very small without the metric system but in this case fahrenheit is the more precise uh measurement because there's more of them fahrenheit for weather actually kelvin would be the best i suppose well i said fahrenheit for weather uh, celsius for cooking kelvin for science kelvin for science because that has to be the most precise but i mean just remember that freezing is um 32 and boiling is 212 there it is just just put that on a sticky note behind your stove and uh, and then use Fahrenheit. <laughs> Although my stove just goes to, uh, I guess, like ovens and stuff. Anyway, um, that's a very interesting story. If like I was thinking, I was just thinking there's there's the, there's a Hitchcockian uh, fueled fear response with ravens. <laughs> There, there. It might might also be because they're carrion birds. Vultures are carrion birds. I guess if like there was a bunch of vultures kind of just staring over me, I'd be, I'd be a little weirded out. Yeah, and um, they're like often like creepy omens in movies, like westerns. And they make a they make an unsettling caw sound, and they're not even in westerns, just in any movie. Where the characters enter the forbidden forest, there's crows and ravens and stuff like yeah, that. Well, I, that's uh, that's true. That's just it, it's not just an omen. It just means like 
you're in danger. That's the, <laughs> that's what the caw of a of a of a of a raven says, um, or the caw of the raven just says, "Nevermore, nevermore." Yeah, which you can it. also it's teach a... <laughs> real ravens to say, of course, because they... in a deep, creepy voice. That's also creepy. Nora, if you haven't heard that or other listeners, look up ravens that learn to speak human words. The 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 words that are ours. They have taken. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed uh, to the words that are not. Yeah. So, moving right along. Thank, Thank you, Nora, Nora for the story. The story. Nora the Stora. It's like Dora the Explorer. Explorer doesn't end with an A. But it's Nora the Stora Teller. <laughs> Oof. Let's uh, <laughs> let's 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 hear from an animal. And then you have to guess what it is. This time, you're guessing the cartoon monkey. You are Without, ha- you are having a blast with this. You just you, you just opened up a whole door, yeah, of new po- possibilities with that spider thing last time. <laughs> I've done this before before the spider. Have you? Yeah, I can't remember when, but I remember doing it. Yeah, but without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Is that A, Chim Chim from Speed Racer, Curious George from Curious George, or I guess it's B, Curious George, D, I mean C, (laughs) Diddy Kong from Donkey Kong Country, I should have made that D, or Abu from Aladdin, Chim Chim, George, Diddy Kong, or Abu. Okay, I don't know what Diddy Kong sounds like because I've never played a Donkey Kong game. I have never seen Speed Racers, so those two are... Wild cards. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's not Abu. I think he, uh, his, he, his voice was a lot less human and more frenetic and, and high-pitched. So I don't think it's Abu. So Curious George is a possibility, although I think he's a chimpanzee, so he's not a monkey. He yeah, have, true. He, he doesn't have a tail. Um, but uh, he's on. A, I looked up a list of famous monkey cartoon characters, and he's on it. That person doesn't know their taxonomy, or they haven't watched the Veggie Tales. Silly <laughs> Larry. Um, yeah. I I don't I'm know Chim with- Chim's tail situation. I'm going to go with Curious George because that's really the only thing I can even remotely. And there's a sh- there must be a show, right? For Curious, Curious George. George. Yeah. Okay. Cartoon. That sounds like a thing that Curious. I can, I can picture Curious George making that sound. So, yeah. Curious George. Final answer. That's correct. Yeah. That's Curious George. Yeah, Abu is like almost like a like a squawky kind of monkey sound. Yeah, he does a lot of like chittering. He does chittering. Yeah, he does a lot of chittering. Um, and then I have like, Speed Racer. I don't know. And uh, yeah, Diddy Kong. I I considering what Donkey Kong sounds like the hoo hoo hoo. I can't can't imagine that Diddy Kong sounds 
In some like situations, that. Diddy Kong speaks regular words. That's that's unsettling. Um, because even Mario has like seven words that he knows. But there's also like a cartoon of them. Uh, oh really? Oh that does. Or do I'm they not. appear in a like Mario cartoon? Not really sure. Let's talk length. They're between fifty and seventy centimeters. Or 20 to 30 inches without the tail. The tail more than doubles their length, so double that. Uh, considering the length of a Colgate toothbrush is about 7 inches, how many langers would go into the combined length of toothbrushes used at the record number of people brushing their teeth simultaneously? S- situation. They can't possibly know that. Every <laughs> every single night in China and India has the potential to have a record number of people brushing their teeth. I think you could probably add in one place. <laughs> <laughs> but here's a hint. The record was broken in 2007 in, you guessed it, India. And it was organized by Colgate Palmolive India. What a... What a dumb record. <laughs> there were a lot of like very it's like you could literally come records. up with anything. It's like, okay, we got 200 people in a room and everybody is going to sing I'm a little teacup backwards. And now we've got a record for the maximum number of people that have sung I'm a little teacup backwards in one room. Yep. Um All right. So, India has a lot of people in it. I was when I was looking through records from India because spoiler alert, the golden Langers from there. Um, I saw a ton of like a lot of people doing something because guess what? That's what they got. They got a lot of people. They, they got a lot of people. Um, also, a ton of movies. They've, I think they have the most movie. The there was no way for me to quantify this or change this into weight or length, so I couldn't use it. But they have the most. The highest out movie output per year. More than Nicolas Cage? Yeah. Wouldn't you know it? An wow. entire country puts out more movies than <laughs> Nicolas Cage. I'm surprised. Um, okay. I'm going to say the answer is um, 14,000. You said seven inches for a toothbrush? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing that there are... S- 60,000 people like a like a football stadium full of people brushing their teeth um and so um saying 14,000 uh lemurs worth final answer langers worth not lemurs monkeys worth yes final answer the correct answer was 41,300 langers you were thinking indiana numbers those were rookie numbers. You got to get up to India numbers. Indiana that, numbers. <laughs> there were 177,000 people brushing their teeth. Wow. I, I mean, I'm still thinking of like a stadium. Like that's how. That's like two, two, three, like two to four stadiums. Yeah. So on. like, where were they? <laughs> I'm just thinking like if you ha- if you could consider a place one place where everyone is brushing their teeth 
a stadium was the largest place with the most people. Maybe it was like, maybe it was uh, on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> it was on Zoom. Uh, um, yeah, Giant Stadium holds eighty thousand people. A big field. Okay, I guess yeah. Let's talk. Wait, there are ten. Point eight kilograms or twenty four pounds. How many langers go into the amount of combined weight that uh, Rotash Shadri pushed up in one minute, not counting his body weight, when he beat the record for most push ups in one minute with an eighty pound pack? So, to rephrase, you're looking for the amount of push ups he did in one minute. Uh, times 80 for the 80 pound pack. So here's a hint. Chaudhry is from India and he set the record in 2016 with 15 house bricks on his back. Okay. I'm, I'm assuming he does two push-ups per second. Okay. But this guy's got 80 pounds on his back. So he's broken the record and he's got a bunch of weight on his back. So I'm going to say he True. does 120 push-ups in a minute so i'm going to say that the answer is 400 monkeys monkey okay final answer yeah 170 was the correct answer oh wow i'm uh, he's weak weak he did 51 push-ups in a minute and then the combined weight was for four thousand pounds please a monkey could do that I mean, it depends on the monkey. I mean, if you you might you might as well try it. Put eighty pounds in your back and try to do fifty push-ups in a minute. Yeah, eighty pounds is a lot of pounds. So, no. It, yeah, uh, yeah, that's all I got. You got some fast facts before we get into the major facts. Super fast facts. Let's get into the major fact very quickly here. Uh, it, like you said, it lives in India. Very small region that borders both india and i have never known how to pronounce this country bhutan bhutan butane british thermal <laughs> units um bhutan i think is what it is uh and up in the it lives in the mountains in trees and things like that it eats fruits leaves seeds and flowers completely herbivorous um, and I'll leave it at that, and I'll let you go ahead and take it away with the major fact going forward. Okie dokie. Now, I'm calling this a major fact, tell, tell, tell. Okay, another, another Edgar Allan Poe reference. <laughs> Two in one episode. That's that's the record. That thing, um, we just set the record for most Edgar Allan Poe references in one animal podcast, probably. <laughs> yeah, to call up Guinness. Um, everyone knows... Uh, especially everyone who is a fan of the Veggie Tales, uh, what separate monkeys and apes? But monkey tails aren't all the same. Uh, some monkeys have prehensile tails, which means they are flexible and articulated enough to wrap around tree branches and grab onto things. It acts like an extra limb. Other monkeys don't have that ability even though they have long tails. 
The biggest determining factor of which you have, if you're a monkey, seems to be the ocean and which side of it you're on. Um, the Atlantic Ocean. Or I guess or, the Pacific uh, Technically, either one. Yeah. Uh, the New World monkeys uh, in the Americas, like the spider monkey, have prehensile tails, while Old World monkeys, like the Golden Langer, don't. Um, one of the theories as to why monkey tails are different is the vine theory. Um, the theory is that tropical forests of the New World have a larger network of tangled vines that connect trees than the Old World forests. Uh, and monkeys in the Americas use the vines to travel from tree to tree. So since vines are potentially treacherous when it comes to climbing, um, prehensile tails act as a tether to... Uh, to use in case uh, the vine they're holding onto breaks. Um, since prehensile tails are more of an energy cost than regular tails, old world monkeys never had the need to invest points into it. They didn't have to, they didn't have to invest points in, in decks. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pure decks build. Dexed, instead they put it in faith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but even old world, even in the old yeah. world, there's a big difference between baboon tails and langur tails. Uh, even though they aren't prehensile, golden langurs have long, prominent tails. In fact, they are more than half their body length. So, what are they for if they can't grab onto tree branches? Why have so much? I mean, that's still a con considerable energy cost. To have such a large appendage. Um, so long tails are usually seen in monkeys that spend a lot of times in trees. Where baboons with shorter tails spend more time on the ground. Sometimes all their time on the ground. Um, the gelata, for instance, spends a ton of time on the, uh, the steppes of Ethiopia. Is that where the, he was? I think so. It's been a while um, since I've thought about it. Yeah. Uh, so langurs use their tail for balance. When they're balancing on trees, it provides a counterweight uh, that they have a lot of control over, right? Um, but more helpful is when they jump from branch to branch. It also provides balance as they sail through the air. So like in a video game, like in Mario, where you can change the direction while you fall. Unlike in real life, where when you <laughs> fall, you just fall. Now, now it's one of those things where if I play a game where I can't, like, at least a little bit influence my falling direction, I'm like, this is dumb. <laughs> I, like in Elden Ring? I don't think you can in Elden Ring. Uh, no, you can't, not unless you're on your horse. Uh, yeah, worst game. Zero out of ten. Mario's better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, however, a study in 1970... Noted that many old world monkeys have semi-prehensile tails. In in the study, they observed that lab-raised monkeys, like the Java monkey, would use their tails as tools to interact with their environment, even though they weren't prehensile. So they can't wrap their tail around something, but they may be able to hook it around an object to provide leverage. Like Batman's grappling hook. Yeah. Not quite as effective as that, uh, but this like 
has like caused scientists to like say, oh, there's a link that it's not just there's there's something inherent in being in a tree that like causes you to develop this ability to use your tail as a limb um and that the, the applications seem obvious but in the new world there were two there are two different families of monkeys that have prehensile tails so it wasn't just like oh this this one monkey like was able like adapted to be able to use their tail this way and then all of the monkeys since them since that monkey has inherited that ability two different families have like simultaneously developed it the so it's just good and the mccoys yeah so it's just good to have yeah but that's all i got and uh, if you uh, are not driving look at the picture johanna has made and look up more pictures of this monkey it's a very stunning animal it's got a mane lion's mane yeah, and I want to. Uh, you mentioned that its tail was half of its body length. It is longer than its body. Its body. I said more than half of its body length. It, it is more than half of its body length, but it also is longer than its entire body. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess it. I guess if you measure it, it makes up its more tail, than half of its body length, including the tail. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah. So its tail can be up to like 40 inches. Uh, and so that's over a yard long, and then its body is up to 30 inches. Yeah. So that is a long tail. And I feel like if you're in a tree and then you have predators, having a long tail would be less ideal. There'd be like a, um, uh, what is it? A law of diminishing returns <laughs> where the danger of having something grab your tail and yank you to the ground uh outweighs the benefit of having the extra balance yeah but i guess that's it hasn't reached it yet or just it's, it's also a, like a thick furry tail yeah just begging for a, a leopard to bat at it like a kitty cat <laughs> and then get a get a snack at the end of that rainbow at the end of that golden sun <laughs> all right got anything else that's all i got all right so that was the that was g's golden lamp jeez jeez who's the, <laughs> the fr like freakazoid <laughs> jeez. good time until you showed up <laughs> um so for you out there in podcastia hang out in a tree brush your golden locks and always use your tail to your advantage like the golden langer here in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey, taxonomy titans. I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging.
podcast. <laughs> they also kind of have a Voldemort nose. That's that's kind of just a standard monkey nose, like flat and with a protruding, like a Simpsons jaw, <laughs> Simpsons mouth. <laughs>